Welcome back to Music 101. This is Scubert Dubert. And today I actually have something kind of fun to talk about. Uh, yeah, unlike the other ones. <laughs> I actually have. Anyway, um, a fan friend named Jackson had a request. And so I'm going to talk about how I approach writing bass parts. So this is going to kind of go into both arranging and composition for specifically the bass instrument, the electric bass, because I cannot play upright because it makes my hands bleed. The electric bass. So I, uh, I actually came to play bass like fairly recently. I come from guitar and obviously there's a lot of overlap in terms of, you know, the, the strings are the same. Um, it's down the octave, but the function's completely different. And so I want to talk a little bit about that function. I want to talk about how it relates to the other instruments and then how I approach, you know, trying to make something that is hooky as a bass part, that's something that is fun and playful and hopefully uniquely me um, is always the goal. Whenever I'm trying to compose something, hopefully it's something that you go, no, that's not just a ripoff. That sounds like that guy. So... The bass is the glue guy. This is my perspective. The bass is the instrument that takes what's going on in the upper register with the harmonic instruments, so like guitars and synthesizers, and then what's going on in the rhythm, the rhythm section, like with the actual syncopation of those other harmonic instruments, and then tying that into the syncopation of the drum groove, and specifically the kick and the snare, and trying to merge those two together. So I, I don't remember what Marvel movie it is, but the one where like um, uh, Captain America is holding the helicopter that's flying away, but he's like holding it with his super strength um, from flying away by also holding onto a building. That's the base. The base is the guy that's like gluing and holding everything together. Sometimes it's easier and sometimes it's harder than other times. So that's the one. That's like the one side is it's it's function as that glue guy, as that groove guy, the thing that is locking everything together. And then the other side is the way that it relates to the melody. So if you go into like classical music um, and listen to kind of what's going on in the bass register, it's typically doing something called counterpoint, which is basically providing a, another melody, a counter melody to the main melody, one that on its own could be sung as well. Um, something that is is catchy and interesting and is mirroring what the main melody is doing. So by taking those two kind of identities together, that's how I try and conceptualize my bass playing, is on the one hand, trying to glue everybody together and to create that sense of vibe and feel and cohesiveness in the rhythm section, and then uh, support for the harmony um, for what's going on with the guitars and the keyboards and stuff like that, but then also provide something that would be singable, its own melody on its own. It doesn't have to be always that, but like that's kind of the main goal is something that on its own you could you could hum along to or you could sing along to. So something that makes you move and something that makes you sing all at the same time. So how do you actually go about accomplishing that? 
So one of my favorite techniques, and I don't do this for every song, but I'd say probably at this point, 75-80% of the time, I record bass last, or at least the final bass last, because that allows me to really get a sense of what is going on with the melody and the phrasing of the lead vocal. Um, So traditionally, uh, most of the time at least, you would record the 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 um, arrangement from the ground up. So you would kind of record drums and bass and then on top of it layering guitars and on top of it layering vocals. But I, I kind of think it's that's a little bit backwards from what the function is when a bass player is actually playing live, where the bass player's in, in the best case scenario is listening to everything. Some bass players only listen to the drummer and then expect everyone else to listen to them. I don't like that at all. Um especially as a guitarist, it's a very uncomfortable place to be when you're being ignored by the rhythm section because you're supposed to be part of the rhythm section. It's supposed to be reacting to you and you're supposed to be reacting to it. If you just kind of sit in their pocket rather than joining them and creating this groove together, um, you feel left out. And I think that the music suffers for that. But that's a common, I don't know, session player thing is bassists only listen to the drummers. I I definitely um, don't agree with that perspective. I think that you should be listening to everybody. Um, drums are oftentimes the most important, but a lot of times they're not because like, say for example, if the drummer is like rushing, the drummer's playing really fast, but then the lead singer is like singing really slow behind the beat, the bass should be grabbing both of them like that Captain America thing and pulling them together. If the bassist is only listening to the drummer and just trying to play with the drummer, the bassist is going to be way ahead jamming out with the drummer while the singer is left unsupported. And that's terrible. You're not doing your job. So that's that's like talking about the rhythmic placement, like where you're actually putting your note. So that's that's like the reason why I'm harping on this so much is I actually think that's even more important than the notes that you're playing on a bass guitar. You can be playing one note the entire time, but if you find the right rhythmic placement in between all of the other instruments, finding that sweet spot where everybody connects and glues together, it doesn't really matter what you're playing, it's going to be serving the right function. As long as it's not like a crazy note, but sometimes it's cool. Anyway, you could just be like steady on one note, but if it's in the perfect spot, you're you're killing it as a bass player. So, And then to add complexity, if you want to make a singable part, a hooky part, now you want to listen to what the melody is doing and then provide contour and shading to that melody. And so I like to think of it like dancing around the melody. So if you're singing one thing, the bass is alternatively supporting that one thing and then providing a little embellishment or a little, you know, skip around it. So that's those little like little um, bass bass things that I like to do is that those are that's kind of like you're dancing with the melody you're waltzing with this thing. And so I try to, you know, grab both of those things, like have it be in the right spot. You know, that's obviously very subjective. Um, particularly for bass, I, if it's just like, you know, super quantized, which means like robotic bass, sometimes it don't, it doesn't feel as good. It's, um, it's again, it's like not providing that glue guy role. It's making just something that reinforces the robotic drums. So keep that in mind when you're playing, if you're just going to quantize everything, um, you might be losing some magic, um, particularly on this instrument. Um, and then from that, you know, 
if you're recording without understanding what, what your melody is, you're losing the opportunity to write a counter melody, to use kind of those counterpoint things. I don't like, you know, I don't really think about it where you're playing where you go, oh, the melody went up, so I want to go down. Um, you don't really have to think like that, but it, just like being aware of where the melody is so that you can play alternative, alternatively supporting it and then going away from it or dancing around it. So if you're accomplishing both of those things, um, that's a pretty groovy bass part to me. One other thing that I want to talk about is how like it actually fits in with the kick drum pattern. So there is a, what I find a misconception that the bass has to hit on every kick drum. I don't believe that personally because it's so square. If, if the bass is the glue guy, there should be moments where the drums are somewhat sacrificed for everyone else and vice versa. There's like finding that balance, that sweet spot where you're playing with the drum kit, but you're not ignoring the syncopation of the harmony. You're dancing between them. That's why I like bass so much is it's that betweener instrument. And it's one of those things that like if you play it right, and you you throw that on a track that you've been working on, the whole thing comes to life. And that's part of the reason why I like to save it for last too. Again, not in every single song, but most, because it's like, you're like, oh, this sounds good, but it just needs that something. And then you add bass to it. And not only does it create this size and this scale of the frequencies, because you're adding all those super low notes, but it also creates this rhythmic glue and then a counter melody to the melody. So it highlights what the melody is, makes it supported, makes it more interesting. And it also takes the whole thing and turns it into a song. Without, and it, the, the arrival of bass is also one thing I want to point out too, is like pick when and where bass is in the arrangement because it's one of the most impactful uh, entrances and exits that you can have. If you have a drum kit without bass and then in the chorus the bass comes through it it provides such a deep dimension to that moment even more so in my opinion than a drum in, entering and exiting even though drums are like more rhythmically complex and all this kind of stuff that moment where bass turns on and off it's like it's like opening and closing your eyes um it the, the curtains open when when the bass arrives. So there's that. There's also uh, traditionally, like you can think of it like uh, kick drum is low note, snare drum is high note. Um, so like, you know, kind of playing with the frequency spectrum of the drum kit and playing off of that. But the, the hardest thing to describe about actually writing bass parts is that middle thing. That's, that's what makes them so vexing and what makes them so fun is it's not, it's not like, hey, do X, Y, and Z. It's like find the points in between X, Y, and Z and fill them in. It's the shading of the, the musical arrangement. It's like, have you ever seen a, like an artist when they, they draw something and it looks really nice, but then they shade it and it comes to life and it gets dimension. That's what the bass does. So how do you describe shading? <laughs> You kind of you kind of have to say, oh, it's the middle stuff. It's the stuff that like 
provides perspective and dimension. That's what you're doing to the melody. You're providing perspective and dimension by choosing really interesting bass notes. One more thing from like the harmonic perspective from the chord choice. Typically bass is on the root or the fifth of a given chord. Doesn't always have to be though. I really like, um, there's a thing that like Tame Impala does it all the time where they play what's called the ninth. So you have root, fifth, and then ninth, which is like the second scale degree up the octave anyway. Um, but you can, you can pull in all of these different flavors, these, these notes that aren't typically considered the bass note, as long as you kind of like get in and out of there quickly, or if you really commit to it, um, you can change the fundamental quality of all of the chords by picking a different note. There's, um, there's like something really interesting with major and minor chords. If you play the root of a major chord, um, with major chord stuff up on top of it, it just sounds like a major chord. But then when you play the root of the minor chord, but don't even change the stuff that's on top, now it becomes a minor seven. So like this is, I think Sting said this, where it's like he loved the bass guitar so much because it dictates everything about everything above it. You're like, you're the foundation of all of it. So if you change, everyone else is contextualized differently. So use that power wisely. There's, there's a lot of power in chromatic notes. Um, the, the stuff that isn't technically in the scale, but if you use them well, um, and, and use them in passing or it can add this whole different sense of on one hand, it can be jazzy and on another, it can be tensiony and like, you know, Beatles esque, or it can be a fluid and give a sense of motion that isn't present in the harmony itself. Like if you're just doing a super simple chord set, that's, that's sometimes the best time for the bass guitar to shine because if the chords are fundamentally simple and the rhythm is fundamentally simple, then the shading has to be more complex. Like I always kind of think of complexity and simplicity as another dance with each other where if you have you know, a handful of elements that are all complex and the bass should probably be simple. If that you have a handful of elements that are all simple, then the bass has got more room to do some crazy stuff. So I don't know if that helped at all. <laughs> That's like my philosophical take on the bass guitar, bass part writing. It's, uh, it's the middle way and it's super fun. And one of the hardest things about bass and part writing for bass is you just kind of got to do it a lot. I'm still really working on it. I think I got to find a bass teacher because there are some things that technique-wise are still difficult for me and I, I want to get over it. So if there's a moral of the story here, it's don't stop learning and keep exploring and find those gaps and dance with the rest of the music. Write parts and play parts that listen to everybody and not just one element because in the end you're making one big soup and if you only focus on one ingredient in that soup it's all going to be super out of balance and also the rest of the band is going to be grumpy we don't want that all right that's my spiel scuba dubert saying goodbye if you want more scuba got some fun stuff up there 
including a 360 music video. Pretty sweet. All right, guys. See you next week.